What's going on, y'all? It's your boy T2. Conversation of the Heart. Season 2. Episode 23. It's going to be a good one, y'all. Appreciate y'all for walking with me. We're going to have a special guest on. Another special one. My man Trey. We're we about to get into this talk. I hope everybody had a good week. Everybody good. I see my man's in the building already. See if I can tap him in right quick. Britt, what's up? Gia, what's up? Jen, what's going on with you? Marcel, Trey, what's going on, brother? Yo, what's going on, T? Ain't not much, man. Listen, first of all, I just want to say, one, I appreciate you doing this. That's number one. Appreciate you coming on and just having this conversation with me, bro. Um, it's been a long time coming. That's a fact. That's you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? But um, I'm definitely glad that we were able to do it now. So for people who don't know you, you know what I'm saying? For people who just aren't familiar with you, you know what I'm saying? You got your bachelor's, you know what I'm saying? Um, you got your master's as well. You got your KSAC. And um, you're working on your doctorate, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, that is correct. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. And you also, um, you recently won an, an award, right? It was the New York Hustle Award, right? Yes. Uh, um, Congratulations. The Hustle Award, yes. Thank you, thank you. Congratulations, man. Um, so for the people, just let them know a little bit about you and the services that you provide because you're a psychotherapist and you're a social worker too. Yes. <clears throat> um, so my name is um, Marcel. Everybody know me as Trey. Um, I'm a psychotherapist. I specialize in um, trauma and anxiety. <clears throat> um, ask me something else after that. Would you ask me after that? No, no. Just let the people know uh, of the services that you provide. Oh, right, right. Um, and I specialize in um, providing housing to people with um, co-occurring disorders and um, people in reentry programs coming from home from jail. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I also um, mentor um, young men from South Jamaica, Queens. You know, just trying to keep them away from guns and drugs and, you know, all the stuff mm -hmm. throw at you. Um, yeah. That's dope. My first time. That's fine, bro. So I'm still learning this. Hey, man. Yo, yo, listen, man. It's going to be cool, man. We just going to have a good conversation, bro. Um, So looking back on your life, right? So I just want – oh, we're going to jump into this conversation, but I just kind of want to just give a little background. So looking back on your life, right, Yeah. and where you come from, let's just say if you were like 14, 15 years old, and now everything that you've accomplished, because I just named a laundry list of things that you've accomplished, right? Did did you ever think that you'd be doing this work? Nah, honestly, um, I never thought I was going to make it to 19, you know? So wow. when I started hitting milestones, I made it to 17. I got shot when I was 17. So when I made it to 19, yeah. after that, then I made it to 21. Every, everyone, every birthday was like a milestone. So like, I made it to 25. I made it to 30. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe I could, you know, I don't got to worry about birthdays no more. <laughs> wow things started to change but mm -hmm. I, I didn't think i was gonna make it so i wanted to say like um uh it was rough you know mm -hmm. for the most part 
Yeah, you went through a lot of adversity, you know what I'm saying? And you made it through. And that's what this conversation really um is all about. It's really of the journey through adversity. And especially, you know, we're going to touch on mental health and things like that. But people kind of glorify adversity, right? Because it's like, oh, you have to go through adversity to make it and, you know what I mean, it builds character. But there's a lot of things that come with the adversity that affect your mental health, too, that people don't talk about. Right. Right? Um, especially as, as men, we talk about trauma. It's like you just said. Like, you didn't think that you was even going to make it till, till 19, right? So a lot of us go through various different traumas from when we're kids to teenagers, and then we hit young adults, and people think that we're just supposed to just magically have it t t together. You know what I'm saying? And that's not reality, no. you know? Um, so being that you've went through, you know, a lot of adversity, right? But, uh, when was the aha moment for, for you that, you know what, this is the work that you wanted to really get, get into? Aha moment? Um... Oh, by the way, this is that was a good title you picked, The Gift and the Curse of Adversity. That was real creative. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, a high moment. Um, I would say probably um, I was still figuring myself out after I got my bachelor's. So I would probably say mm -hmm. my couple of acceptance letters to the master programs I applied to. So mm -hmm. at that point, I was like, all right, maybe I'm, I'm still figuring out, but I kind of sort of know what I want to do. Um, I was mm -hmm. already in the field. I was providing case management services to people with um that abuse on substances so i was already doing that and um i said to myself all right a cool i could i could probably grow within this and i was the um actually still work for the company it's the longest job i probably ever had um, right this is the longest job i've ever had <clears throat> right prior to that i couldn't keep a job but when um when i got my when i got into the master's program i got a promotion and the lady uh -huh. Me. She just told me mostly, you know, just start dressing for the position that I want. And she really told uh -huh. me because she didn't really know much about me. I was only working for her like for a little under a year, you know, but wow. most part my work, my work speaks for itself or whatever. So um, that ended up working in my favor and it developed into being my career. So I've been working at that agency now for 10 years. Mm. Wow. Uh, that, that's amazing, bro. Um, so when it comes to adversity, what... As far as your journey goes, right, how did you endure Just coming from a, a kid who said, I may not even make it to, to, to 19, so now I'm in my 30s, you know what I'm saying, I'm bachelor's, master's, social work, KSAC, you know what I'm saying, working on, on my doctorate, like, how did you deal with adversity as a teenager and as a, a young adult? Um, as a young adult, my answer probably would be, I didn't process it. Like I was, I was, I would say I was coasting, you know, mm -hmm. I, did, I did whatever it took to keep me busy. Cause I was into a lot of things. So, mm -hmm. um, I partied a lot. Um, I did, a, I did a lot of, um, what, what would you call it? There's a term for it. Um, it's like masking pretty much, right? Masking in a sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah. uh, I wouldn't say self injurious behaviors, but like I, I coped with, uh, with mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. women, uh, you know, just different things that really wasn't healthy, you know, so right. um, whatever it took to keep my mind off of it, I just kept going. So if I, uh, I would, I would literally party four in the morning, had to be at work at six in the morning, go home, yep. shower, keep going, get off work, go to my second job, leave my second job, hang out with my friends, you know, take, go check my grandmother and then keep it going. Like I, 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 I had little intervals of sleep. Mm-hmm.
you know, and, and I want to say that that probably lasted to maybe I was about 23, 24. Um, mm-hmm. And then as I got into a young adult, um, I didn't really um, start processing it. I want to say until, what year was that? I went through a, I went through a very bad breakup. So whatever year that was, was when mm-hmm. I did therapy, therapy as a, like a, um, a form of cope and um, got into therapy. I bounced around though. I had I had different therapists before I found the therapist that I've been rocking with for the last two years. So right. I've been seeing the therapist I see now for the past two years consistently. Um, mm. But prior to I, I, I bounced around. To, I had a, um, a little white a little white man who he was cool as hell too. Um, he reminded me <laughs> like Yoda from Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I spoke to him about different things and he would just laugh, but I knew he didn't understand. You know what I mean? Because he would, he would talk right. from a from a perspective where I couldn't really relate. You know, so mm-hmm. to get along with me and understand me, I, you, you got to be relatable. You right. Know? So, um, left him, ended up meeting a black therapist. She was a, a black woman. Um, used to see her every Monday. Uh, how did that go? That, um, I linked up with her every Monday at eight. She, she only took cash, $100 cash. After a while, I realized that I was attracted to her, so this wasn't going to work. About <laughs> it. <laughs> um, and then I, and I think I, I think I stayed. I didn't, I didn't see a therapist for a while. And then um, I mm-hmm. had a friend, my friend Aaron, um, he's the black therapist. And I was just talking mm-hmm. to him one day, like, yo, like this is the shit that I've been dealing with for so long, you know. And um, mm-hmm. you know, people look on the outside looking at you know, he's doing well. He's he's got a lot going on for himself, you know, everything like that. But in the same time, I was, I didn't process some of the traumas I went through before I got here. So right. a lot of it, you know, started to take. Not want to say take over, but like overshadow some of my accomplishments because in the dark, you know, I'm either isolating or I'm not really. I don't answer my phone. People tell me I answer my phone to this day. That's something I'm working on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, I just started to like shut down in a sense, and um, I did go do mm-hmm. things at one point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but um, I think my breaking point was was that relationship for me. Mm-hmm. I think that's the break the breaking point for a lot of people. And it's funny that you say that about partying a lot. Like, I used to do the same thing. You just party till 4 or 5 in the morning, then you get two hours of sleep, and then you get up and go to work. And I think, especially as men, like, when people see us out, you know what I mean, they see us partying, they see us in their life, they think everything is cool. They think everything is good. We smiling with our friends. You, you might be popping bottles. You, got, you might have a lot of women in the section, and everything is love, right? But internally... You still got to go home and, and lay your head down at night. And that's when the torment starts. And a lot of times you stay up at night or you party because, instead of sleeping because, like, when you're sitting by yourself, laying, laying up, looking at the ceiling, that's when you get tormented. Right. That's when those feelings come, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's and crazy. Like, like I told like, I, like um, a model I had growing up was nobody kids, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I got there from, I think, a Bronx tale. Sonny said it. He said mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it resonated with me because my pops died. People was dead. I was eight, coming around, coming to family. A month later, that shit fade. I'm young, but mm-hmm. you remember it vaguely as you get older. The first yep. one of my friends died. I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I'm, I'm like, damn. Um, you know, I'm not. I mean, you know, I'm talking to my grandmother about it, but she don't really know what's going on in the streets. Like, she know, but she don't really know. Right. So right. you process it and you like people come around, yo, Trey, yo, it's gonna be all right, gonna be all right, all right, cool. Now I get shot, I'm 17. I live. Some more of my friends get shot, 18, 19, 20. They die. I'm processing that, they're coming around, all of that. And then it, it gets to a point where like, yo, these people, life goes on. 
you know, yeah, this person died, but this person has a kid. He love you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care, but he has to go back and take care of his kid, his wife. Mm-hmm. This person has, mm-hmm. you know, and the 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 support it starts to die down. But it doesn't mean that they don't they don't they don't mean well. You know, they still they still right. mean well, but they they're not present in a sense anymore. You know, and and I would say certain certain aspects like if, if somebody like um close to me like everybody know my aunt and my grandmother close to me if one of them mm-hmm. passed away off of it if my closest friends that i rock with every day i say wasn't there or like a month past and something died down i can't say how i would react or how i would feel you know what i'm saying because i'm still learning you know and mm-hmm. i could say in my mind i got a job you know this person i know they're they gonna come back around but them times when you're sitting alone you're like none of that shit matters like i don't care if you got a job right now you know what i'm saying and, and it might sound selfish right Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I give you is um the last time I got arrested. I got arrested in 2016, and my man Mel told me his exact words. He said, "Don't go to jail tonight." I don't know why he said it to me. I wasn't doing nothing to go to jail, but I ended up getting arrested. Um, wow. That in that was the first time I got arrested in um in the boroughs. I sat in Central Bookings for 19 hours. I called this dude 57 times. Right. He answered. He eventually answered the phone. Got me a lawyer. Got me up out of there. But in that time where I was alone, and when I even when I went to see the judge, the only person that was there was him and my man Daniel. And yeah. the whole ten months that I went through that situation, it wasn't a phone. Yo, Trey, how you doing? Yo, you all right? Yo, I know you're going through this. You know what I mean? I'm, and I, and I, I'm, I'm young, so yo, yeah. by yourself, yo, anybody asking yo how you get how your rent getting paid because you lost your job? Nobody's asking you. Right. You know what I'm saying? They just, right. you know what I'm saying? They, they, they're always there though for the turn up. If I say yo, we going to a party. These niggas is coming with bottle money, stripper money, you know what I'm saying? Everything. We gonna, and we're going to rock out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When it comes down to even, even not even just that, but even come down to the things I do back to the community. You know what I'm saying? Um, when I do the, the book bag thing, every $5 is, is one book bag, right? Mm-hmm. I get support from people I don't hang around. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. don't get, now, don't get me wrong. There are people in my circle who do support, right? right. Then there's people in my most in, intimate circle that don't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes it's like a struggle because it's, it's one of them things where it's like, you, do you believe in my vision and where I'm going? I'm not the same person I was when I was younger, right? So I, I, right. I, yeah, well, I might go on a flight, I might go to a lounge, but it's not something I want to do, you know, as often as I used to. You know what I mean? I still do it, right. but it's not yeah. the go-to thing, right? The things that mean right. something to me have changed, right? So mm-hmm. the things that I value, are, you know, the more I grow. Right. <sighs> And that's true. It's and you know I have struggles with that too. Like when, especially like when you open a business and stuff like that. And the first people you think that is really gonna you know support you like that are like your inner people, right? right. And then they don't. And but you get love from like everywhere else. You know what I'm saying? From people, but the people that you really thought, you know what I mean? It's it's it, it's almost kind of it, it almost makes you feel a way about that. But going but going back to. I, it's like when you go through something and you're grieving and stuff like that, you do feel a way like when your people are, aren't there, right? Um, so that kind of brings me to this creating, creating safe spaces. You know, I, I think in our community, they say it takes a village to raise a child, which is true. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not, I'm not going to dispute that. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm finding is that it takes a village for us to even kind of even survive. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially in New York, you know, like, we always have a just saying, like, where it's just, like, you can just do get it by yourself, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, honestly, when it comes to your mental health, 
when it comes to your emotional well-being, a lot of times, like, you need to start, we need to start creating safe spaces for our brothers and sisters. You know right. what I'm saying? Because truth be told, everybody's there for the turn up. Mm -hmm. Everybody's there for the party. Everybody want to look good. You know what I'm saying? Put on their best. And everybody want to take pictures and look like they got it all together. Right. But then they, but then they go home and cry. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, if if we can get to a point to where yo, we can do the turn up, but also yo, I'm also here for you for other things. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm also here for you. You know what I'm saying? If you want to talk about what's going on with your life, mm -hmm. I think that's important, man. Like, what do you think about creating safe spaces, man? You know what I'm saying? Because it's easy for guys to talk, but it's always about sports, women, you know what I'm saying? Parties, stuff like that, or maybe some business. But when it comes to like our feelings, what's really going on in our lives, it's kind of like, we just like, no, nah, we're not going to create that same space. Right. Uh, as far as safe spaces go, I, I totally agree with that. One of the safe spaces that I created at one point, it was called Corner of Kings. So, mm -hmm. it, you know, empowering men from all walks of life. So one of the things I did was... um. I, I did an event at A-Live Kitchen. Um, I think it was $25. Different men came. Even women came because um, I didn't I didn't want to be gender-specific at that time. Um, mm -hmm. You know, just to have an open space to talk, you know. And um, we closed the restaurant down so nobody else was allowed to come in. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to continue to do it. Shout out to Aubrey. He just joined. He wanted to continue mm -hmm. to do it with me, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. at the time, I think he was working at the church um, or forgot. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we... We go to barbershops, we, you know, we talk about sports, we, we do those type of things, but that's not really getting to the root of the issue. And a lot nope. of the problem is a lot of men don't want to be vulnerable with their friends. So after I got shot, my cousin Chris used to always say to me, like, yo, you, you got to start taking pictures, you know what I'm saying? Because at that time, had I died that day, I didn't have no pictures. I was not a picture taker. Like, you would chop it right. out and I'm throwing my hoodie on and I'm getting up out of it. All right now, you know, I'll take a selfie. People say, "Oh, you post now, you post mad pictures." I do because <laughs> it taught me to enjoy that moment. If I'm if I'm doing something in that moment and I'm enjoying it, I, I can share it if I mm -hmm. do or if I not if I if I choose not to. Um, mm -hmm. But being vulnerable is 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 is, is actually a strength. It, it's beauty. It, it's beauty in being vulnerable. You know, it is. I, you know, I have a um a, a group chat with my groomsmen, and I tell them at least once a week, "Yo, I love y'all." You know, they don't even respond. Like, I think it's like a weird space. Like, they be like, yo. It is. And then I hit them up one, one by one. I'd be like, yo, if I would have said, let's go to this party or put up a chick in this group, yeah, everybody's hitting up. Do, 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 everybody got a response. Yeah. I, say, I, like, <laughs> I, I wrote something like in parallel shit. I think I, I had watched something on the news and I wrote like a paragraph. Mm -hmm. Howdy, y'all. I love y'all. You know what I'm saying? None of these niggas responded. So I ended up um, hitting them one by one. Like, yo, the next time y'all hit me, and y'all don't respond to my group chat because like I mean, one I'm ignoring y'all. Two, I'm not saying that positively. And anyway, yo, thank you, bro. I appreciate yo. I needed that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But mm -hmm. making business to tell anybody I love, not even just my male friends, my female friends too. But you know, I love them. Of them. course. You never know when you're going to see somebody again. You know. And that's a fact. And I think sometimes men respond differently when it's one on one too. Like when you put it in, in the group chat, everybody's like, "All right, am I supposed to say I love you too?" Like, "Oh, I love you too, bro." Like, yeah. It's, it, for some people. It, they're still in that weird space. Like, I can't really say that. Like, I can't really express that. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not just used to it. You know what I mean? Um, but you mentioned going, just going to therapy. Right. You know what I mean? And the one thing, there's always been a stigma with therapy, especially in, in the black community too, right? Everybody says like, yo, what happens in this house stays in this house. Everybody, you know, a lot of black folks say that growing up, like your elders say that. And I'm and, and I'm like, well, that's the problem because right. what's happened in this house is staying in this house 
it's repeating the cycles that you're passing down and it's always just staying within the house. Right. Right. And then you go to church and, and people tell you that your problem is you're not praying hard enough. You're not doing this. Like you're not, you're not giving enough in the offering enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, and everywhere you go, it's like, you know, you should be doing something else besides therapy. Because if you do, if you go to therapy, then something's wrong, mm -hmm. right? Something is wrong with you or you're crazy. They're going to medicate you. But what a lot of people don't understand is that therapy doesn't mean that they're going to medicate you. Right. Like that's, that's number one. And therapy doesn't mean that you're crazy. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you go, if you break your leg right now, you go into the doctor, right? I hope. Right. All right. If you go, if you go, if, if you break your leg, you're not just going to just pray it away. Because it's gonna be hanging off, right? You can't just pray that away. Right. You're gonna go to the, the best surgeons and get it taken care of, right? right? It's the same thing with your mental health. You gotta get that taken care of, man. Like you gotta go see a therapist. You gotta go work that stuff out. You well, see, a lot of people, yeah. In the black community, there's a negative connotation on it. So when somebody says, yes. people say it in an in a, in a, um, attacking way. So like you might express yourself to somebody and be like, you need a therapist. You know, like you, it's it's really like trying to normalize it in the black community. It's really all about how you say it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You instead of saying, you know, you need a therapist, like you could say something. Mm -hmm. Have you tried talking to somebody about, you know, or processing the things that you are going through? You know, um, and then they might sit down and think about it, like processing, like what, what you mean? Tell me more. You know, so mm -hmm. it really boils down to like like how how you you, you say it to people. And now it's, you know it's becoming a, a, a more popular trend. You know, mm -hmm. especially on social media. Um, so I, I I believe that um with create with creating the more safe spaces and and and, and, and you know showing men and you know because I lead by example you know I, I I have to be vulnerable to my loved ones you know what I'm saying because yep. if I don't you know they wouldn't really get the best version of me I wasn't showing exactly. up before I decided to be the best um, vulnerable I wasn't showing up as the best version of me at all to anybody mm -hmm. you know so there's been times where you know I may have apologized to people because I could not show up as that best person version of me then but I'm showing up as the best version of myself now. Right. Right. And that's a fact. Um, vulnerability creates a lot of opportunity right. for different things. It creates a lot of opportunity for expression, communication. You know what I mean? And it just opens up a different type of dialogue with your loved ones. You know what I'm saying? So um, definitely just salute to you. Because one, you're also providing services too. you know, being a social worker and a psychotherapist. You know what I'm saying? So you're actually being you're somebody that's in in the community actively. You know what I'm saying? Providing these services, right? And I'm somebody that's in the community that actually goes to therapy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because it's absolutely, it's absolutely needed, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Um, yeah, man. Like, I think we all need that. Um, you know, and I, I tell people all the time, like, for those who know me and, and, and know my journey and, and know what I've been through, you know, they they see the, the I, they, tell, they tell me all the time, they see the change in me, you know, things like that. And um, I didn't really, I didn't do it for, I wouldn't say I wouldn't do it for them. I really did it for me, but I see how it benefits them as well. You know, um, mm -hmm. it, 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 oh, I heard people say that seeing a therapist would change the day of their life. Oh, thank you, G Coco. Um, yeah, she told me mm -hmm. paragraph. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, just, just, just going to see, you know, um, a therapist, allowing myself to become vulnerable. I've learned more about myself, you know, um, I've become more patient with myself. I've become more patient with other people. Um, a lot of the mm -hmm. that I think I once had, um, I had because I didn't have no insight into the things that I was going, that was going on in my brain. 
You know, I didn't, mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't process getting shot and healing and surviving. For a while, I think I had um, survivor's guilt, you know, um, mm-hmm. things like that, especially losing so many friends. So when you, when you get older and, and, you, and you learn things and, and you, you, know, you go to school and you learn more things and you start processing the things you want to go through, you, 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 you look at it differently than you would have in that moment then. You know, even there mm-hmm. there's some things that I wish I could have changed in regards to how I handled even processing, even going through the whole process of getting shot because I couldn't walk for a year. I had to learn how to walk again, you know. So mm-hmm. I was um, I was angry. I was angry at the world. I lost friends. I lost family members. People I still don't speak to. But, uh, you know, some people forgave me as I got older in the pod. Some people didn't. But, you know, it, it, it comes with a grain of salt, you know. Mm-hmm. And, when you, and when you talk about therapy kind of just changing, you know, kind of who you are. The one thing about therapy, though, that's that's – that's very interesting. It's it rips like when you go to therapy, it literally rips your mask off that you walk around with twenty four seven. The mask that like the 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 persona, right. the ego, like of the perception of who people think you are, right? And it, sometimes it's it's an ego check too because it's like nah, it's not just everybody else. This stuff you gotta fix, bro. This stuff that's going on with you that you really have to look deep down with inside yourself to really start making the work within yourself to be different yeah. to, uh, and, and to be better. Right. People, people don't realize therapy won't work if you don't do the work. You have to be intentional, you know, and you have to be, mm-hmm. if you go in there and, you know, you're not telling the whole truth, you know, it, it, it's, it really defeats the purpose. You're wasting their time, my time, and your money, you know. So um, you got to be intentional. You, and, and you may not, you may go in not knowing what you're going in for or what goal you want to have, the outcome of it. But, you know, therapist is going to, you know, guide you along with that and as you guys process the things that you speak on. But um, mm-hmm. you have to be very intentional. Right. And so, you know how we are, well, you know how a lot of men are and a lot of people, they complain and they say men don't know how to communicate. Men don't know how to express their feelings and men don't know how to be this and that, right? But here's, you know, the thing of what I always say is let's get to the root of the problem, right? right? Let's, let's go back of what we were taught as kids. Right, as young boys, we, we were taught we were we were never given the per- permission to communicate. Right, that's not something that was us. It was always like be uh, be quiet, don't say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like talking is a female trait. That's what they always say, right? Right. And but on the flip side, with women, they were always taught to express themselves. Crying it, crying is cool. Crying is okay. No worries. Come tell me your issues and problems. Right. But for men, it's just like man up and deal with it mm-hmm. and keep pushing. Right, so by the so you wonder why there's generations of men that when they get to twenty, thirties, and forties, can't communicate. A lot of us, a lot of us don't know how to communicate, and just because you got a pretty smile and, and a nice body doesn't mean that's going to change. Right, you know what I'm saying? Because we haven't unpacked the trauma that we've had to endure for years, right? And and it's just like, well, how come you don't know how to express love? Well, how do I even know what love look looks like? That's number one, right? Do I even know what that even looks sounds like? You know what I'm saying? And looks, and when it comes to, especially when you're dealing with the opposite sex, it's just, it's just because you look good doesn't mean I even know that you really even love me. I don't know. Right. Because maybe I was never shown love. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I wasn't given the per- permission to express love. But all you see is just me not knowing how to communicate right. or, not, or knowing how to express. <clears throat> so if you were looking at, you know, a 14, 14 year old young man, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that you do a lot of work uh, in, in the, excuse me, with the youth, um, what would you tell them about how to start in the process of having to learn how to express and communicate better or at an earlier age? 
Well, at, well not, one, it starts at home with the family. Um, it, it, the unlearned, the dysfunction first. Because at 14, if, you, you, if, if you're 14 now and your parents are telling you, you know, um, what goes on in this house, they, they already don't know how to communicate, right? So by the time they meet, they're going to be very um, uh, reserved and, and, and very short, you know, curt for the most part. Because a lot of kids don't want to talk about, about their feelings at that, at that time. Um, but, you know, just teaching them, letting them know, you know, cr- crying is healthy. You know, um, mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you can cry and, 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 and let go of that emotion and you'll feel like a whole load just come off your shoulder, especially if, if you can't verbalize the, the feelings that you're feeling because you don't know how to communicate. So mm-hmm. at that time, you know, they can um, communicate in different ways, whether it be, you know, through art, through music, you know, there's other ways to pick up, you know, you know, mm-hmm. signs, you know. Mm-hmm. Dope. And I would say e- even just writing in a journal too. Right. Journaling, journaling. Mm-hmm. But then a lot, you know, some kids though. What I hear often is, um, oh, if I write it down, my mom's gonna find it. She searches my room. You know, that's another thing. So they feel like they don't have no privacy. Mm. Right? And mm. Privacy is is big. You know, so um, if they can't, if that's they, true. If they feel like they can't trust their parent. Getting them the journal is gonna be very hard. Very very true. Um, I know some sometimes they have a, a electronic journals and stuff like that. Like, but um, you know, but but that's true though, and that's crazy to even think that like. Parents sometimes can't understand their children and privacy. You know what I'm saying? Because it's always like, well, this is my house, so everything in this house is mine, right? Like, that's kind of always right. been just kind of like how it is in the household, right? Um, but truthfully, like, sometimes your kids do need privacy, right? And, and not to the point where they're going to, like, where if you're worried about them hurting themselves, that's a different story. But sometimes, like, they just need that space to, to, to just learn who they are, you know? And I think right. sometimes as parents... They're focused on my kid has to be a better version of me, right? Of them, right? Of of just who they are. But it's like, nah, but who are they? Right. Who are they going to grow up to be? A, a version of themselves. Right. And you, you want them to be the best version of themselves that they can be. You know, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, but shout out to the parents who are doing yeah. it, you know, without having any people being set for Because there, there are a lot of parents, you know, who are making it happen and, you know, and learning as they go. You know. Mhm. Mhm. Now, now that's definitely true. So let's talk about some of the services. Um, like, how can somebody actually, if like they're watching this live and they say, "Man, like, I want to book Trey for a session." How, so how do they go about doing it? Um, I'm on Psychology Today. I'm on. Um, they can uh, click the email, phone contact in the Rep the Alternative bio, um, mm-hmm. and an email uh, email to me. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they can. There's a number. There's a number in that link as well. They can call as well, or via or text. Fire. Um, let's talk about Rep the Real Alternative. Um, did you just found that in 2020? Yeah. Or it, well, I did. I initially started in 2019, but I didn't. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't um, make it a, a LLC slash nonprofit until 2020. <clears throat> dope, dope, dope. Um, and that's just strictly your um, your therapy services, right? No, it's a therapy services also an initiative to you know um, give back to the community through various events mm-hmm. um, and just spreading awareness and knowledge you know for um, um, health, wealth, education, and housing. You know, because um, mm-hmm. those are some of the areas where I feel like you know my family um, lack the education of. So right. I have you know certain resources, and I had to like you know fend it for myself and figure it out. Mm. That's oh, that's dope. Um, you mentioned that. Um... You do a back a backpack drive, right? Right. 
Yeah. Talk to me a, a little bit about that, because me personally, I would actually like to know more about that and, and how I could, could support that. Um, yeah, so usually I started like around um, June. Um, you know, okay. You know, I, I create a flyer, you know, I just reach out for donations and everything like that every year. And um, in the last few years, we've done 500 book bags, 700 book bags. Um, wow. Give them out in South Jamaica, so various neighborhoods. Um, whether they, like last, This year we did the Bella, 150th Park. Um, PS mm-hmm. Memorial Tournament for uh, Mr. Pauline. He was um, uh, a good pillar of my mm-hmm. um, And uh, the year before that, the first year we did it at Rashtel Day, and the year before that, yeah, we did it at, um, I mean, the year after that, we did it at Bellow Day. Oh, dope. Right. Good. Next June, I'm dev- I'm, I got you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, we do um, different things. So, like, Thanksgiving, you know, we do um, food drives for the okay. homeless, less fortunate. You know, we give out um, food, plat plates. Um, we do coat drives. Um undergarment drives, different things, you know, that, you know. Okay. Oh, dope. All right. So I look forward to definitely supporting a lot of your stuff now, you know what I'm saying, now that I know. So definitely. Um, so we talked about communication. Now, emotional intelligence, that's been a hot topic a lot, um, you know, especially within our, com- within our community, right? And I feel like I know it, and and I love emotional intelligence. I love talking about it, right? But at the same time, in order for us to get to emotional intelligence, right, we have to kind of get to the root of our issues, right, from from jump. Because a lot of us are already born in in the red, like literally born in the red when it comes to mental health. You know what I mean? Whether it be through our parents and they're, and they're in the red, and we're born into dysfunction, right? And we're born into just these situations, right? And everybody's, you know, oh, like, you have to be emotional intelligent, and I'm a firm believer in that. But when it comes to a family construct, right, would you recommend, like, family therapy starting at an early age, right? So let's just say you have a kid uh, four or five years old, like a family just starts going to therapy right away as a unit. I've heard that that's something that people are starting to do, which I, I was like, yo, like, that's a pretty good idea. Right. I mean, yes, what do you think? It's always better to be, you know, proactive than reactive. So mm-hmm. that those parents may want to um, interrupt the dysfunction that they inherited, you know, and, and, and break that, that um, generational trauma, you know, so that, mm-hmm. that, is, that is very healthy. You know, I, I, I do see it. It's becoming, you know, more, more popular. I do see that a lot. Mm. Yeah, man, because like when, I heard that, you know, more people and more families were starting to do it. I was like, man, that's that's really amazing because now this child is actually now getting the benefit of seeing it early. Like, wow, like, look, look at my parents. Like, we're all here going now to therapy together. You know what I'm saying? Versus waiting until I'm 20, 25, 30, and I'm just getting it done on my own. But now they're seeing the example of, like, yo, my parents are doing it. I'm doing this. And now that person is probably – and that child is probably now going to pass it down to their kids, Right. And because we also talk about generational wealth a lot, right? That you know, that's always a hot topic, and it should be. But a lot of times we don't talk about generational mental health wealth. And that's that. Right. That's a different conversation, you know, um, because it's not comfortable, right? And of course, getting money, you know, what I mean, we have to start creating that, of course. But when it comes to generational mental health wealth, that's so important because now we're starting to change behaviors that can actually impact our money too, right? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of us do things out of struggle. We, you know, we make decisions out of struggle. We, we make this, you know, especially financially. A lot of us, they come into financial, you know, um, 
restraint, right? So a lot of us are born into that poverty and certain things like that. So yeah, we, if we kind of we go ahead. we everybody we have to as black people we have to start normalizing that wealth is okay. You know, um, people treat wealth. You know, when black people attain wealth, as it's, it's a um, it's 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 a it's it's a it's a luxury that we can't obtain. Mm-hmm. We finally get it. It's like a trophy. Like oh, you know, here. You know, um, instead of because I got, I got, I use an example. I was talking to one of my friends the other day, and I, um, when white people buy houses, yeah, they might have a house home. You get the congratulations, but that's like a norm for them. You know what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, they're not like it's it's not something like really brag about or boast about because it's it's like a norm, and they pass their houses right. down like that. So when black people buy houses, it's like an anomaly. Like oh wow, and it shouldn't be like that. It should be just as normal as if another person did it. You know, so wow. a great accomplishment. Yes. You know, but, you know, okay, cool. Just, well, I can get this card, too. I can get house, too. I can obtain this job, too. I can have this amount of money in my bank account as well. You know, and that, that mm. be, you know, normalized. Black wealth has to be normalized. In addition to, like you said, black mental health wealth. Man, and, and that's true. And it's funny, like, whenever I go to, like, I, I visit my family in the South or, like, Atlanta, that, that part of what you just said about buying a house and... And, and having the cars and stuff, that's all normal out there, right? Like, it's very normal. Like, black people are opening businesses. They're opening restaurants. They're opening lounges. They're opening all types of things down there, buying, buying up land like this. But it's like, when you talk about the big cities now, it's a different game, right? It's like we're, you know, things are more expensive, obviously. The cost of living is high. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times it doesn't create for the same opportunities as one would be in Atlanta, North Carolina, you know what I'm saying? In places like that. So, you know, it, it makes us feel like we always have to work 10 times harder. Right. Right. Um, which but, is a gift and a curse too. Right. But these, these, but these things should be normal. Like it should, it should, mm-hmm. you know, something that you know, we, we obtain and, and, we, and we teach our kids about, you know, we, we teach them about credit. We teach them about, you know, uh, maintaining their mental health. We teach them about self care days and and, just, and and putting and putting all of that stuff first. You know? mm-hmm. It's very true, but you know, I I think as, I, especially as men, we always talk about getting money. Like we always talk about you know, like what's the next move? You know, what's the next business venture? Like what? Like how are we gonna get to the next dollar? Right? right. And that's something that because by nature we always try to be providers right and whether that be for just us or whether it be for our families or whatever the case is so we always are like yo hustling hustling talking about the about the dollar but then you're right but we should be having the conversations on you know credit right you know that's that's a different conversation because even for me just working i've worked in the nonprofit sector as well and you and you'd be surprised uh, how many people still in our community one don't want to open up a, a bank account right and that blew my mind. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I was like, they don't want to open up a bank account? Like, what do you mean? Like, and I'm teaching these classes and they're like, no, nah, I don't, I don't trust that. I, I don't want to open up a, a bank account. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, they don't know how to save money. Right. And credit and how credit works and things like that. So you're absolutely right. These are things that, um, you know, should be taught. I see my, uh, my boy, uh, Jeffrey Joel is in here. Like, and he does a great job of also uh, teaching about, um, being the importance of being debt free and how that can affect your mental health and saving and and investments and four hundred one k. So salute to him with that because that's what we need a lot of. Right. You know what I'm saying? Remember, in a, our community, a, a lot of, a lot of the people that you speak on that don't trust the, the like the bank the banks and stuff. There are they're in a system that's designed to keep them in the system, right? So mm-hmm. they may get food stamps. That's aside. 
and then they might get a job. But they're told, hey, if you get a, a job and you can work over 20 hours, we take away this benefit. Now that benefit, they can't pay their rent, or they can't buy food, or they can't provide uniforms. Mm-hmm. So it's designed to keep them in there, which is also another trauma, you know, and they're in that system and they're not speaking on it when they go to therapy, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and, it's, and the system is messed up because with all, like, I think I watched the news the other day and the, 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 um, the United States is in this, this huge debt, right, with all that money and everything going on. But if they really, they could end homelessness, they can end, you know, some of these um, issues that are uh, keeping the the clients in them in the, in that systemic issue, mm. that's, and that's powerful. And you know when you said normalized wealth, the one thing that 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 sparked in me is we have to understand that that we that we earned it and we deserve it too, right? And I think it was last year I did like a two hour show um, with the HR executive, and, and it was all surrounding about how to ask for raises, right? how to negotiate salaries and things like that. And it blew my mind how many people didn't know how to negotiate their own salary or was afraid to negotiate their own salary or afraid to negotiate their bonuses and raises too. They were afraid to ask just for what they wanted. And and that mentality blew my mind because it's just like, oh, like you got to ask for the things that you want because mm-hmm. I know other ethnicities, they're going to ask for everything plus more. But for us, it's just like, yo, let me be happy for what I have. Right. We, and we're, we're like um, taught to almost be thankful for that, what we're given, and we can't ask for more. And a lot of people don't know how. Like, I want to say in the beginning of my career, I didn't know how either. You know, mm-hmm. so that was something that I had to learn, especially to survive in New York. You have to know how to advocate for yourself. <laughs> especially being here. If you're from any of the big cities, New York, New York Chicago, Cali, you got to negotiate those salaries, man, because you actually work for it. You probably overworked for it. You're not working like 40 hours a week. You're probably working like 50, 55 hours a week, especially if you live in New York because you're always hustling. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, nah, that, uh, definitely true. And and also, is it's okay to have a job and to have your own business too. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I know a lot of us sometimes, not us, but just like, it's like one or the other. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then there's this thing where it's like, well, oh, if you don't have an LLC, you ain't doing nothing. Ain't do- right. And, and, and it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad because it's like you, you try to build up the community, but then the community is tearing each other down. Oh, well, I got a business and you a nine to five dude. And then the, the women don't make it no better because the women is like, oh, I want a dude that don't have to go to work. And he fly me out. He can do this. And he can do that. You know, but all of that fast. That's a fact. I tell you, it comes to a halt fast, you know, and as you get older, you know, you got to learn to see what matters, what matters most. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I I can't say I can't speak for other people, right? But it all took it took it took for me to get shot and arrested three times for me to say I gotta change my life. Right. So mm-hmm. and I think the most um prominent time was that last arrest. The last week I was like, I can't do this shit no more. I I, I <laughs> my man is doing eighty five years right now. You know what I'm saying? Wow. I did total accumulative all the time that I arrested, I probably did a week and a half. I right. in my mind. Right, but it, not because I can't handle it, but because I value my freedom. I value, you know, the 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 um, the the, the being able to think, you know, do do what I want, not being able to told what to do, not to have to answer to authority. Right, all of that comes back into, you know, just doing the right things to to build your business, not tearing each other down. So as I was saying, Thanks. like you you have to do with the with the business tearing down, do with the nine to five. The nine to five dude is trying to say, you know, teach his kids the right way, but then that fast money interferes. And all the other things that come 
in the streets and the fastest that the that, that kids see. Once you start going outside by yourself and out an adult, you're automatically prone to guns, violence, drugs, and gangs. Immediately, there's no way around it, mm. right? So if you're not if you're not strong enough and have somebody to t- tell you these right things and to avoid that fast money and that fast life, you you get sucked right into it, and then the trauma mm. begins all over. Wow, and then that's the vicious cycle. Uh, vicious. And guy, so a guy in these mail says work, build your business, and also live your life. And that's the and that's another thing. That last part to that is live your life. You know. That's a big part of it, you know what I'm saying? Because we get one of these, like we really get one life, and sometimes we get caught up with just the grind. Especially, you know how it is, like being from New York, everything is grind, 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 grind. Like you're taught that, you're drilled into that, you sleep when you're dead, you know what I mean? All that stuff you hear, and it's like not like, yo, it's not. They sleep when you're dead, you will die. Like you know, people don't understand, you will die, right? So yeah, right now I work. I work 80 hours a week at a minimum. Last mm-hmm. week, oh, last week I worked 115 hours. It was beyond my control, right? Um, if I don't take out time, like I, I take days off. Like I'll wake up one morning and say, "Yo, I'm, I'm not going to work." I don't have, right. to, I don't have to explain myself, and I, and I try to tell people, "You don't have to explain." It. Normalize taking those mental health days, but a luxury of my like Mel said, live your life. I like to travel, right? So my my um my balance is traveling spa like I'm, I'm i'm a big advocate for self-care you know mm-hmm. you, you could catch me at a spa or on a vacation often you know and, mm-hmm. and and those are the things that you have to to do you know to keep going because the grind i tell you all the time you could grind 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 but if you got your own job once you die who's gonna keep it up if you're working for somebody else they're gonna replace you you know and mm-hmm. then, as soon as they get the phone call up oh, they'll post this position on indeed yep so you gotta you gotta take time out for yourself Nah, like you de- uh, you definitely do. And I just started to uh do the whole like the like the spa stuff myself this year. I kinda just started to do that too. I wasn't really doing that before, but I started to go to like the massages and I started to get these these crazy beard massages and I was like, Oh nah, this has gotta this gotta stay in my routine. <laughs> I said, Nah, this gotta stay in my routine now. Like I was like, Wow, like this it feels different, you know what I mean? You actually feel very good after that, especially right. if, if you work hard. And there's got to be a balance, you know what I'm saying? Um, so plan your one life. Somebody else who who, who does amazing work with uh, teaching people about finances, she said, I've taken off from work for my mental health. Yo, you have to. And yeah. Trey, the biggest thing that you said was, the biggest thing that you said was, and not providing an explanation. We always feel like we have to provide an explanation, like, oh, well, I have a doctor, or oh, well, you know, I'm taking this off because of this, you know what I mean? And it's just like, no, nah, like, I need to just take the day off, and you don't really need to know why. Right. You know, and I, I had to tell that to one of my employees today. She's young. I, I think she's about 23, just entering the workforce, just got a bachelor's degree in psychology. She took off a couple of days for a medical emergency, and I'm like, listen, you don't have to tell me why. If you need a mental health day, it's okay. I, I understand. You know, you yeah. Have- I told her the protocol. You know, you only have to give me a doctor's note if you're out three consecutive days. That's it. Mm-hmm. No, just has to say you were out this day. You come back this day. It doesn't have to specify why. You know, um, I, I try to push that a lot of times because a lot. I know a lot of people. They be. I don't know what to tell my job. And I, I was like that when I was young. Yeah. You know, I worked at Sears. Uh, one of my one of my first jobs. I worked at Sears. I, I call out because you know they big on calling out. I say. Mm-hmm. Call my friend like yo. What, what am I going to tell my boss? I can't come to work. No, and I'm lying. Probably ain't nothing wrong with me. I just don't want to go. 
you know, but that's period. Like, and, and that's really, but that's really all that it really needs to be. But again, I think that mentality also comes from a lack of being scared that, that this opportunity or this job is going to be taken from us. Right. right. Yeah. And that, and then, then it's like, now if you're in a place of lack or, or just by just making it or just by, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Right. Then it's like, yo, I can't afford not to have this job because if they fire me for this, then, Right. And it's just like, that's where also having, you know what I'm saying? Your finances in order, you know what I mean? And just knowing like, okay, even if that did happen, I'm good. Right. Right. Um, so it's all, it's all kind of linked together, you know, but yes, like yeah, you're a hundred percent right. You'll, you'll take the day off with no explanation needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and understand that your friends, your family also, the ones that's always smiling and having a good time, you got to check on them. Yeah. Because those, those be the ones. Those be the ones. Those be the ones going through everything. Right. You know what I mean? And feel the most alone. You, you, you got to know your friends, you know what I'm saying? Because they can smile and they can tell you everything is all right. And you can know something's all right. You know what I mean? You can know something's wrong, you know, and they still won't, you know, but don't, you know, don't be put too pushy. Just, you know. Nah, nah, nah. You know, if you need anything, you need me, you know, I'm here for you. You know, sometimes exactly. hearing that and just knowing that, Will allow a person to, to to just even settle them. You never know that they might even save their life if they contemplate suicide. And that's a fact. And sometimes you don't even really realize by just you sending a text could just shift their whole their whole mind frame. You know what I'm saying? Just even like yo 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 bro, I'm thinking about you. Yo, I'm proud of you. Yo, sometimes you open your phone like yo man, I was in such a bad, I was in a bad day. I, I had a bad mood and all that. But now like you see that open, it's like yo man, that's dope. You know what I'm saying? And it's also practicing asking your friends different questions too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you always ask your friends, yo, 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 how you doing? I'm good. And I saw a post, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that said, a man will, I, I'm good himself into the grave. And I was like, wow, because that's honestly true. Because whenever you ask somebody, it's always, I'm good. I'm good. Not, and they're not good. You know what I'm saying? So kind of practice maybe just asking different questions, man. You know what I'm saying? I remember one of my friends, she she asked me, she sent me a text and said, yo, 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 T, how is your soul doing t- today? And I was like, how is my soul doing? I said, damn, like, I, now I'm thinking like, man, like how, like, how do I feel? Like now I can't just say I'm good. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I don't know, man, you know, that's, that's kind of just, just my opinions on things, bro. But listen, um, I want for the people who just joined late, you know, I want you to tell them where one where they can find you. Chris, your social media and all that. There's a question. Hmm? question. Oh, there's a question. Yeah. Where is it? The question. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Where is it? Uh, Thomas Cole Photography says, "How do you help your friends get therapy if they keep brushing it off?" I'm assuming that question is for me. Yeah. Are uh, you? Uh, <laughs> Oh, you can go and and then I'll go. It's fine. Um, I would say you know, um, having a conversation with them, you know, um, just bringing it to them because you can't force it on them. Um, no, you know, just letting them know that that it's okay and um, being a support system to to, to them because a, a lot of times and if they're not open to it, they they won't be open to it for some while. But you know, periodically continuing to bring it up, you know, as as they process the emotions that they're going through and if unable to process it, you know, lead by example, you know, or, or let them know. Mm-hmm. If there's a mutual friend that's going to therapy, have that friend speak on how therapy has affected, you know, their life and the changes in them or whatever adversity they may have come over and gone through. Facts. 
Um, and also, uh, you could just be on, I'll just add on a little bit. It's just, you could just be your own testimony about what therapy has done for you. You know what I'm saying? Just like, hey, listen, this is just what it's done for me. You know, I can't say that it's going to do the same for you, but this is the benefits of of where I was and then where I'm at right now. You know what I'm saying? And if you think, and if you think that that could benefit you, you know, then I have a referral. You know what I'm saying? And you can be a resource now, too. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Um, so I said, if you're asking how you're doing, just make sure you're prepared for the answer. If it's not, I'm good. Oh, 200%. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know what I'm saying? Definitely true. Um, but listen, um, this has been a pleasure, man. Um, we're almost to an hour, so I just want for the people to that just that join in late, tell them where you can find you. Give me your, all your social media. Um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rep the Alternative. Um, also, you can find me on my other pages. I'm handsome two underscores Trey. You can find me on Psychology Today. Um, uh, my email and contact info is in my Instagram bio. Mm-hmm. And, and and also for the people who, who just joined, what services do you provide? I provide psychotherapy to individuals and couples. I specialize in, in trauma, anxiety, and depression. Dope. Listen, my brother, you are you are doing amazing work. I'm I'm proud of you. I hope that maybe that we could jump on again and, and do a different topic. Um, you know what I mean? Um this was dope. This, I mean, as I'm as my career, you know, continues, I'm starting to do these a little bit more. So I'm starting to get a little more comfortable with the camera and talk a little. This is my second time actually doing this. My first time on Instagram. Um so you know dope. as time continues. Now, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate me being the first one on IG, baby. I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you, very much. I, I, I appreciate it. Yo, nah, but I, I know that people were definitely blessed by this. Um, it's like I said, me and you can definitely do this again. Different topic, man, and we and we can dive deep, bro. I salute to you, man. You're definitely a king, and the work that you're doing is absolutely amazing, man. From a brother to a brother, man, I'm proud of you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Proud of you as well. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. All right, bro. All right, we'll talk soon. Appreciate you, man. All right, peace. Ooh. Well, listen, I definitely appreciate y'all for, t- for tuning in. Um, this is this week's episode, season two, ep- episode 23. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. We're going to have another good one next week with my boy, um, Jeffrey Joel, talking fourth quarter finances, y'all. Yo, it's your boy T. Till, man. Peace.